0: Welcome everyone to our NCAA social series. I'm Andy Katz. Please be joined this week by Sandy Barber. She is the vice president of athletics at Penn State. And Patty Viverito. She's the commissioner of the Missouri Valley Football Conference and the commissioner of the Pioneer Football League. Uh, they are both also members of the Division One Football Oversight Committee, Trailblazers, and they have been certainly throughout the course of their careers, Uh, Let's first tackle that no pun intended Uh, sandy. um, This job of being on the football oversight committee. um, We need more diverse voices you and patty being trailblazers on this, how do you think you can affect change.
1: Well, I think they're the same voices that, that Patty and I bring to, to all of our various different roles, whether it be committee work or or, uh, or our works in our, our uh, conferences or here for me uh, on my campus at Penn State. It's uh, it's a matter of uh, years of experience, a uh, variety of different experiences, and, and for both of us, it's been both as uh, growing up um, and then in our professional lives football has been so central uh, to everything that that we've done and it's it's always been uh, just a just a great experience and and a central part of uh, of all of our roles and so we we bring all of that we bring ourselves and our own
0: personalities
2: uh, uh, to it every day. Patty? Well I think that coaches would say that Sandy and I never had our opportunity to get our hands in the dirt but that doesn't mean we don't bring a whole lot of football experience to the table. I, for one, have been running football conferences for over 35 years.
0: You know, it's interesting. Um, I was, I don't know, five or six years ago, I was talking to a, a, a senior assistant athletic director, um, and she was trying to become a higher level AD. She had been at a, a non-football league, and and she was telling me how critical it was that you got to get to a football you know, program, and then you can become uh, a major football AD or or commissioner. When did you, both of you see that change of the need for that experience and really the need for for more diverse voices in this sport? I'll start with you, Sandy.
1: Well, I, I think first of all, you know, we all have to understand, and I think we do recognize the role that that football plays. In, uh, in in major college uh, uh, college athletics, and certainly at uh, at the Division One level, both FBS and FCS, it's uh, it, it's it's kind of uh, not only is the is it the financial driver, but it probably more importantly, it's the emotional driver uh, for so many of our our campuses. So I think that's always been experience with football has always been very important. Now what has shifted is what you see today are a lot of women as deputies or senior associates who have kind of that uh, oversight of football or day to day sport administrator of football, which certainly was not available in, in, in my career. I never uh, I never technically oversaw football in any of my uh, stops before becoming an athletic director, uh, but I certainly was involved in football. And I think that's been really important to my career.
0: Patty?
2: I think that involvement in a wide variety of sports is really helpful to anybody's experience when you get to the position where you're trying to represent people nationally. Um, football has not always been an avenue that's been available to women. Um, I was fortunate that very early on, I was, I was tapped um, to run a football league um, when I was commissioner of a women's sport league. And uh, the fear then was that football would be the tail that wagged the dog. And so it was my responsibility to make sure that I didn't lose sight of the other part of my job, which was uh, running a women's sports league at the same time while taking on you know, what was a, a real seriously new opportunity for a female commissioner at that point in time for the sport of football and um, appreciated the opportunity and glad that there are a lot more women in the room now because um, I think college sports is better off because of it.
0: Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, uh, you know, when I have actually, I mean, as you both know, I've been doing this for over 30 years and, and I'm glad to see that we're seeing, um, not that you wouldn't need, a senior women's administrator, but just you're all athletic department or directors or, you know, an AD and and not because for years before that there were two ADs uh, or there was one umbrella uh, and there was one spokesperson. Um, there needs to be more female voices in the college athletic space and we're seeing that more and more more athletic directors are being hired at all levels of division one, two II, and three. For the the advice of those that are coming up into the industry, what would you say to young women who want to get into administration to achieve the higher level uh, within college athletics? Patty, then Sandy?
2: Sure. Um, The advice I give is the same, whether you're male or female, and it's grow where you're planted. Whatever the opportunities um, that present themselves, don't shy away from those opportunities. Don't get fixated on geography and where you're going to live. Don't get fixated on the level of competition. Um, again, just figure out where you what you can bring to the table. And whenever an opportunity presents itself, say yes.
1: Yeah, and I'll pick up where Patty left off about, about those opportunities and, 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 and really playing to your strengths. I think it's important that you figure out what you're good at. Uh, because trying to put a, a square peg in a, in a round hole doesn't always, uh, doesn't typically end up well. So what what are your strengths, and where where would that play uh, in an athletic department? What are you passionate about, uh, and and do do what you do well, and uh, and then you're going to have you're going to have other other opportunities. Um, but I think more than anything, be be true to yourself. Don't try to be something that you're not, and uh,
0: and have some fun. So let's talk about the sport. Um, you know, last year obviously was an unprecedented year in all our lives, certainly in college athletics and and in football where we was sort of split. Obviously, a number of schools tried to play in the fall and went through a lot of COVID interruptions. And then obviously there was a spring season for other institutions. Um, as we sit here uh, in September, Patty, I'll start with you. What do you think are the most pressing issues in the sport? The most
2: pressing issues in the sport are to try to get back to normal. Um, I, I guess I would start by looking back and saying that as a member of the Football Oversight Committee for the past three years, to devote the time and energy that we did to playing football this past year makes me awfully proud. And I'm especially proud of how we manage this respectfully where each institution, each conference had to come to grips with what the right decisions were in their specific circumstances. And I think we did that and I think we did that well. Um, a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago, I think we thought that we were gonna be home free um, from COVID-19 and the pandemic and we'd be back to normal. Turns out that's not quite the case. I don't think we can take our eye off the ball and we need to be diligent about making sure that we do everything in our power to get everybody vaccinated and, and everybody stay healthy and to be able to play safely for yet another year.
1: I'd certainly lend my, my voice to, to that of Patty's as it relates to, uh, to what happened last year. I mean, it was really about obviously protecting the health and safety of our student-athletes, our coaches, uh, our staffs, and by extension, our, our communities, uh, and, and then allowing, uh, providing an opportunity for our student-athletes to play the game that, that they love. I mean, that's what we heard uh, in, in their voices. We heard it from our student-athlete uh, uh, connection groups that, you know, they just wanted to play they want to play the game that they love. And, and we were able to do that. And I think, uh, uh, pretty, pretty successfully. Uh, but now we need to take that next step and it's certainly still all about health and safety, uh, and, and about keeping, uh, keeping our student athletes and, and our coaches and our staffs, uh, uh, safe and, and, and healthy, um, in a little bit of a different environment. We've got tools this year that we didn't have last year. Uh, the vaccine certainly is at the top of that list and certainly working hard to encourage, uh, e- everyone in this great, uh, a sport of football to, to get vaccinated, to help uh, protect each other and, and help uh, protect the game. And, you know, once we've moved past that, I think we've got uh, uh, a lot of student athlete experience type um, categories and, and issues to, to address uh, and then keep uh, keep doing what's right for the game and help it grow.
0: So Patty, you've obviously been doing this, you know, for three plus decades yourself um, you know, prior to COVID a big issue, obviously, was concussion. Uh, concussion protocols. Um, during your time of managing this sport, how far have you seen that issue evolve uh, to being much more on the forefront of health and safety, and and becoming, uh, you know, an issue where we're, you know, not on the other side of it, but certainly much more cognizant of conditions of student athletes during a game, practice, and so on.
2: I think there's been dramatic uh, change in the level of education, the level of knowledge that our coaches and our administrators bring to this issue. Um, I think we have the data now to support decisions that um, that we make uh, as an association to protect the health and safety of our student athletes when it comes to repetitive head, head injuries. Um, I see a major difference in how practices are managed um, in a way that reduces those competitive impacts because it's necessary. And I don't see any resistance from the coaching community. Um, they're looking for direction. And I think they welcome that direction. And I think the football oversight committee and the, and the rules committee has done a, a, a very good job um, with the help of the, the science um, that the data that we have to support those changes.
0: You know, and Sandy, uh, another major issue. Over the last couple of years, has been targeting, which is also yet another health and safety issue around the game. Where are we now on that?
1: Well, I, you know, I think that that continues to be uh, the, the talk of uh, of the media and the, and the talk of a lot of a lot of fans. Uh, and and again, we need to continue as a football oversight, uh, obviously in partner uh, in partnership with others, uh, other committees from an NCA standpoint in looking at what's what's best for. Uh, protecting student athletes, pre- uh, protecting their health and safety, uh, but at the same time uh, allowing them uh, kind of the, the ability to play the game and not imposing too much upon the game. So I think it's it's finding that uh, it's finding that uh, that happy medium, uh, but that that always continues to uh, to protect health and safety.
0: I know this may not be in the purview of the committee itself, but I'm just curious your your thoughts on on full stadiums again, and that aspect of college football at all levels. Um, We know what it means financially, but just the emotional lift that that can provide. Patty, then then Sandy.
2: Well, I got a little taste of that last spring in the football playoffs, uh, the FCS playoffs. So um, I typically go to a game every weekend and I didn't during the spring. I, I stayed put, but when it came to playoff time, I started traveling again. And uh, it was exhilarating. And to see that happening on a much broader scale, um, I watched a lot of football (laughs) to start the season and it's been fun.
1: You know, Andy, it, it just, it, it goes back to the place that college football holds in our society and, and in our campuses. And it means so much to our campuses and our communities and our alumni um, to have the opportunity to gather. You know, we're certainly calling it a family reunion this weekend. We'll open up at home uh, uh, here soon. And uh, it's, it, it's just, it's such a, a bonding experience for, for our alumni and, and, and for our community. But obviously, where, where we are today, uh, we have to continue to, to monitor the conditions uh, and, and make sure that uh, that we're doing it right. and We're being smart.
0: Hey, you know, one of the that I go ahead, Patty,
2: I was just going to add one thing, because I think this is really important. Um, Focus has been on playing safely and, and, and bringing fans back into the stadium. One thing I heard recently from our athletic directors in the Missouri Valley football conference is that the students are showing up in large numbers, even without like a specific marketing effort to draw them. The students are ready for football to be back.
0: You know, just one thing I just want to circle back when we talked about last year of, of how critical it was to getting on the field. And I remember we had a social series with Shane Lyons, the athletic director of West Virginia, part obviously of the football oversight committee. About it felt like it was a way in which uh, everyone could get on the same page of what is the right amount of time to practice to prepare for a season. If I remember from a year ago, it was is it four weeks, six weeks, and it really allowed a full discussion of what's a safe way to prepare for a season, not just uh, as we were gathering for COVID, but also you know musculoskeletal injuries and and things that you got to make sure that you're ready to deal with and even hitting how much in this year of really diving deeper into the sport did you discover each one of you uh, of what was important and almost prioritizing uh, of the way the sport should be managed because you almost had time to really peel back every aspect of it patty then sandy well our situation
2: in fcs is a little bit different so sandy might answer this differently than i did than i will um, the big question for us in FCS is you play in the spring and you turn around and three months later you play in the fall. Is that too much football? Um, again, it's a long season, so I'm not ready to like, climb out on this limb. But in the early going, um, our experience in the spring seems to helping help the readiness of our teams in the fall. We had a lot of FCS, FBS upsets. Um, in, in the early going. And I think that's reflective of the preparedness um, that we had in playing in the spring. Uh, that said, it's an awfully long season. And I don't know how that's going to play out when we get to week eight, nine, 10. As an FOC, we're,
1: we're in the middle of some comprehensive work around playing and, and practice season. And there's no doubt uh, that, that kind of the the, the testing, if you will, that we underwent last year with the uh, the start and stop and and, and restart uh, of the uh, of the contemplated season uh, from the from the summer into the fall last year uh, for those of us that that did play in, in the fall that helped us to to understand some of those some of those limitations where you know where that uh, how, how much practice is required uh, both from from a, a, a skeletal standpoint uh as well as as uh, as from a mental standpoint for uh, for our student athletes. So I think that will be uh that will be helpful um as we look at this uh, uh extended comprehensive look at playing and practice season and it will be an important element.
0: So lastly, uh both of you obviously have day jobs as I said at the beginning. Uh and have chosen to be on this committee and other committees in the past. And for those that are watching that are climbing up maybe the food chain within the respective uh, administrations at their schools. Um, what's the benefit of being on a committee, a national committee uh, that can take up quite a bit of your time, Patty, than Sandy?
2: Every single opportunity that I've had to um, be of service to the NCAA, regardless of the committee, has made me a better commissioner. Whether it's through the experience I get, or the people I meet, or just the better understanding of the issues more broadly. Than in your own backyard. Um, I, I strongly advise people to take the time, make the effort to get involved each and every opportunity that's presented. I think, Andy, as you
1: weigh that, uh, you know, because it can be seen as taking time away from your, your commissioner or your, your campus responsibilities. Um, but I think just what Patty uh, just mentioned, uh, it, it you bring so much back to your campus, whether it's information, whether it's experience, whether it's perspective uh, and, and I think you are you are better and, and you bring more value uh, to, to that day job uh, that you mentioned. Uh, and, and then just individually, whether it be personally or, or professionally, uh, my committee work at, at the NCA level over the course of uh, a number of years <laughs> uh, more than Patty and I cared care to uh, to uh, to admit to uh, ha- has really given me a lot of joy in terms of the people that that I've met and uh, and the relationships that, that have formed and some of them have uh, have have benefited me professionally uh, but all of them have benefited me personally in, in, in terms of the joy they've brought
0: well Patty and Sandy uh, I appreciate both of your time here uh, I know you've got uh, both of you have got quite busy falls uh, but that's good we're glad we're both busy or all of us are busy uh, this fall uh here in 2021 and going into 2022 appreciate all of you and as always you can go to ncaa.org social series where all our social series are archived thanks for watching